going to lead into the Word of God. We have a phenomenal, let's stand to our feet, we have a phenomenal opportunity to have one of the greatest preachers and leaders on planet Earth today here in this room with us. Open up your heart and let's go, Pastor Phil. Thank you. Good. Good. Thank you very much. What a pleasure to be here. Wow. Sunshine Coast, where everybody has a tattoo. I feel like if I moved here, I'd have to get tattoos. Some people who should not have them have got them. Amen. It's incredible. People my age are getting new ones. I see great. Have you seen them around the place? More than in Sydney. And they've got, I wish I'd never left Sydney on there. You know, it's like, <laughs> not really. Well, it's good to be in church, isn't it? Great place to be. Saw a blooper in a newsletter one day. Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> the, the church is, a, oh, Lord. It's a great place to be, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. I love being in the house of God. I'll tell you another blooper. Today's sermon, this is in the church bulletin, is how much can a man drink with hymns from a full choir? <laughs> the eighth graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement on Friday at 7 p.m. The congregation is invited to attend this tragedy. <laughs> Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. <laughs> God is good. Pastor Hargraves is better. <laughs> Amen. You got to think about it just a little. So good to see you all. How many of you came back tonight? You were here this morning. Look at you. What is wrong with you? Everything. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming back. And uh, I'm believing tonight that the power of the Holy Ghost is here. I feel the Spirit of God in this room. I feel like this church has got a, just on the cusp of a whole new beginning. A whole new start, be like, you'll be thinking, wow, we have gone to a new level. And it will be because of the faith of your brilliant leaders. I tell you, John and Danielle Pierce are two of my most favorite people in all the world. They're two of God's most favorite people in all the world. And they are doing a magnificent job. You don't realize how blessed you are to have this couple leading you in this great church. And uh, it is always fabulous to meet up with these guys. I get to talk to John Pierce two or three times a week. And uh, because we've got a lot of stuff that we discuss about our movement, the C3 movement all around the world. And Pastor John was the overseer of Australia, but that is now, probably about now, 
passed on to Lars and Megan Halverson in Darwin. So he has been set free from that so he can be bound with a whole new job. Uh, which is helping me run the movement around the world. So if ever looks a little frazzled, uh, pray for me. And uh, <laughs> pray for these guys because we are aiming to see a million worshippers in C3 around the world. And numbers are outcomes. They're not actually the goal. I would like to see that happen as we do exactly what I was talking about this morning. And that is a revolution of making disciples rather than gathering crowds, multiplying rather than adding people to the church, reproducing from within. And it's a very big message, and I couldn't even begin to talk it through this morning. So I am uh, writing a book called Disciple right now, which I am hopeful will be out by the end of this year. And uh, I am believing that if we can get a movement that is running on those tracks, that that will set us up for the future in a really, really great way. I'm going to continue on with uh, the thought of authority. And uh, this morning we started in Matthew 28 saying, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And, and the thought of authority is a, is a big thing. And I want, to, I want to get to that shortly. But what I need you to understand is that the God on the inside of you is bigger than any problem you are facing. I have, I have uh, one big thought here tonight that I'm going to try and bring across to you. And it, it, it affects me in every, pretty well every service I go to, every church service I go to, it's like there's a hole in the understanding of people everywhere, because I hear them asking God to do things that I know He's never going to do, because He has asked us to do them. So I hear prayers like, dear God, bind the devil, stop the devil doing stuff. He ain't going to do it, because He told you to resist the devil, not ask Him to resist the devil. He says, you soon, he says, that Satan will soon be crushed. He says, God is going to bruise Satan. God is going to crush Satan. This is in Romans 16, 20. I'm not sure. I can't remember. He says, God is going to crush Satan under your feet. How's the devil going to get crushed? You got to tread on him. You got to tread on him. So, so our problem, oh, I didn't want to start preaching just yet because I need to do it. Bob getting fired right now. Look at you. You see, I need to get that. I need to get a few of this. That is awesome. They look amazing. Yeah, never be embarrassed about them. It's awesome. Any, anybody else got some? No, no, no. You have, look at you. Once upon a time, it was considered evil for Christians to get tattoos. 
but then all the worship leaders, like you can't be a worship leader unless you're covered in tattoos. So, you know, it was like these days. So it spread pretty good. I think Christians became the biggest customers of tattoo parlors around the world. Yeah, I do. I tend to talk about stuff you're not meant to talk about. But, uh, yeah, the reason I didn't want to start preaching is because I wanted to say to you that the, the power of the Holy Spirit. How old are you? No. I can't prophesy over you. You're too young. The, ho- the Holy Ghost is touching you. He has called you from your mother's womb. You've got a song from the Lord in your heart today, but the song is going to become a message. And you'll preach the Word of God. And this message that you will hear tonight will inspire you to command and to call and to bring down and to raise up with the words of your mouth. The Holy Spirit is going to give you a a stage, a standing. And I see you with a lion in front of you, roaring at you, trying to intimidate you. And he sounds like the voice of someone in your family. But you are not to bow down to that voice. I could say who it was, but I'm not going to. And it's, it's not, it's designed to crush your spirit, but you will not be crushed. It will do the opposite. It will release you and set you free out of the dark. And you'll sing the song of victory and the song of great joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Any good? Does that help you? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. You know, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will actually touch some of you in a really powerful way tonight, if you're open. And we're just standing around, kind of hanging, lingering, and you might wonder when I'm going to get on with the meeting. The problem is this is the meeting, and uh, I am getting on with it. So it's kind of like, it's not, things aren't going to happen in five minutes. It's happening now. And so live in the now. Don't be always thinking I'm going to get there. Soon we'll get there. You're there now. God is now. God is always in the now. So be present. Don't be, some people are always living in the past. Thinking, oh, if only I'd done that. If only, and then, you know, oh, then that happened. Oh, and you're there. But God isn't there. And others of you are living, when we get out of here, I'll be able to eat that, you know, bacon and whatever, eggs. And my God, I'm going fishing tomorrow. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, you're, you're out there. And maybe I'll be able to finish that Netflix series tonight. Oh, that was amazing. Huh? And you're not here. Pull it all together and be here. I'm here. And you'll find that you connect with God when you just think, God, I'm here. God said, Abraham, he said, I'm here. It's an awesome statement. I'm not there. I'm not wishing I was there. I'm, I'm really here, God. 
I'm ready to rock and roll. And I think people are going to live their entire lives not being present. It's called mindfulness. It's called being in the present. And the world is picking it up real quick because people are living in another space in their screen. They're not there, and so they walk into a bus. They didn't realize there's a bus in the present, but they're looking at a gamer in Switzerland. They're doing, they're doing an email from somebody in Sydney. But there's a bus right there, baby. And they die. Somebody told me more people die with buses because you don't sort of roll over them. They just hit you. That's another That's true. I'm warning you. Don't be walking around the road with looking at your, your phone. It's a shocking truth, isn't it? <laughs> what are you laughing for? You people are rascals. You're thinking, how could he say that? I'm helping you. I'm pastoring. Amen. That's, that's the downside of not living in the present. And the, and the power of the Holy Spirit is in here right now. How bad is it when you walk out of a situation and you're kicking yourself? Man, God was there. And I can tell you that there's, there's healing in here, like a cloud up over here. And, and it's... You know, the sense I get is like uh, problems with gallstones, problems in kidneys, problems around that middle torso area in men. And I'm believing that as you're standing here, just say, it's astonishing I'm healed. And the power of the Holy Spirit will bring healing to you. The power of that gift will fall on you. And I'm telling you right now that you've got faith in you and I want you to switch it on because that's what connects you with the power of God. Faith connects you. When you go, it's going to happen. God's going to move. And then you get this thought on the inside of you, what if it doesn't? Because that is designed to protect your emotions. That's where you've got to take the step of faith and step out of your comfort. Step out of where it is comfortable and convenient and step onto the water, and it's called risk. It's just a risk you take. And, and you might say, well, I've tried it before, and it didn't work then. Maybe it's on the 13th time that it's going to work. Maybe it's on the 15th time that it's going to work. But righteous people always get up again. People who are going to have a miracle always get up again. And some people say, I had a breakthrough. I had a breakthrough. And they think it was that prayer that did the breakthrough. No, it was the 50 other times when you had to go and you failed. You had to go and you failed. And you were drilling bang, 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 bang. Every time you have a go, you are putting another crack in the wall. And there comes a point where the thing is ready, and just on that point, you go bang. And the entire wall falls down because you broke through after years of trying something until it finally worked. But to think that you're going to wait until there's that one day when you're going to make a thing work, it ain't going to be there. It's the culmination of crack after 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 crack. After crack. Boom! 
Then you break through. That's your faith. That's what faith is. Faith isn't, I'm going to wait till the day then. Today I believe, oh, and it all happens. Faith is believing when it didn't happen. Faith is believing when it didn't happen. Faith is believing again when it didn't happen. It's holding on to faith when it didn't happen. 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 It happened. You break through. That's what breaking through is. It's not asking God, God, do it. God, do it. God, do it. It's you saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Put it on yourself. Don't be shifting the responsibility for your success off to God. Don't be shifting the responsibility of your healing off to God. He's already provided healing. It's already here in the earth. He's done it. He can't do any more. I've given you my son. I've given you the Bible. I've given you the Holy Ghost. I've given you the church. You're asking me for more? There's nothing left. I've given everything I've got. To pick it up. Take a hold of it. Use it. It's in your hand. What's in your hand? Now you got me preaching. You may be seated. Let's sit down for a little while. And, and I want to talk about this message. But before I do and I, before I forget, I recorded this in a book I call The Born Identity. I've written a few books, a little over 22, I think. And, and this, this book, I was really into writing this book because it's about what I'm talking about right now. So many believers suffer from Christian amnesia. They forget who they are. When I did a little study maybe 10 years ago of how many amnesia movies had been made, there were 129. The good, Long Kiss Goodnight, Gina Davis. I don't know if you remember that. 52 First Dates with Adam Sandler. That's like hell. And uh, sounds like hell. I mean, there was, there was movie after movie, but the most famous possibly was The Bourne Identity where Jason Bourne gets knocked on the head, can't remember who he is, doesn't realize he's an assassin until he's sitting in a, in a place and finds he's got the moves. And he can just, boom, kill a person like a bus. And I uh, thought I'd mention it again. Yeah, and so it's just, bam, he's a unit. He's got, he's got the moves. A bit like Teresa, black belt karate girl. She'll tackle you for a rugby thing first and then kick you. Yeah, it's just powerful. So don't you mess around in this church, you know. So the, the thing is that, that we, James says, don't forget who you are. And in the King James Version, it says, do not forget what manner of person you are. Because it says the, per the person who forgets who they are looks in the mirror, sees who they are, goes their way, and immediately forgets. They come to church. They are told they're in victory. They walk out the door, get the bill for the electricity, think it's an offer on the house, it's so big, and fall to bits, saying, how am I ever going to pay this? Get the, the father says something to the child. The husband says something to the wife. The boss says something to the employer, and it just destroys them. 
because they forget who they are. Christian amnesia. But the fact is, when you know who you are in Christ, and that's another book I wrote called In Christ. It's a devotional. It's worth getting. If you go to Amazon.com or PhilPringle.com, you can either order it physical or download it. But I urge you to get a hold of these things so that you're filling your head with the right stuff. You will conform to the thoughts in your mind. Whatever your dominant thought is, that's where you're going. Whatever your dominant thought is about yourself, that's who you are. If I was to say to you, what are you in 10 years from now? We did this at our retreat this weekend. Think who you are in 10 years. Some of you got a blank. You got no idea because you have not even thought about what's my vision for my future. Or I don't know. Isn't that up to God? No. No. If J. John was here, (laughs) it's like you have to start plotting a course because your spirit is like on a homing beacon. And where you plot the course, that's where you're going. But your future depends on the way you perceive yourself today. The way you see yourself through the Word of God. And all of us have got damaged self-images. All of us. Don't think you're special because you just think you're, you're terrible and you're hopeless and all that. All of us think that. Not about you, but about ourselves. Yeah, so we've all got thoughts. Oh, I can't do that. I'm inadequate. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. All of these singers up here, they, they get a little nervy. They go, oh, gee, you know, have I got my fingernails right tonight? And, and that's just the guys. You know, it's like... <laughs> When you, get, when you get a great feeling about yourself, it's because you've seen yourself through the way God sees you. Way back in the Old Testament in Numbers 13, verse 33, spies went into the land of Canaan, and they came back and they said, when we saw ourselves, when we saw the giants, they were huge, and in their sight, we were like grasshoppers. Well, what's, what's anybody got the business with doing, looking at yourself the way other people see you. That's not who you are. But the impression of other people matters a lot to us. The opinion of others. And if your father said, you dumb idiot, enough times, it probably got ingrained in you that you're a dumb idiot. But I'm here tonight to tell you, you're a smart, wise, wealthy person in Jesus' name. I'd like to reprogram your thinking. How good is it when you get update on your operating system? Huh? New update. You want it? Whoa, of course I want it. Amen. Give it to me, baby. Don't unplug while it's downloading. Because you got some glitches in your system. Right? Every now and then you just, you do something that's not quite, you just lose patience with the dog. You feel like you're going to actually do something dangerous with the crying baby. You got glitches. We've all got, we've all got glitches in the system, people. A hacker has got into the code. 
Let's put glitches in the system. So we inherited that in our spiritual, character, emotional, mental DNA, all the way from Adam. You idiot. <laughs> Adam just opened the door and said, send down the malware. Send down the virus. The virus got in us, and now we say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the right thing. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you go off and do it. And you think, what am I? I'm an idiot. God says, I'll have to save you. And this is how we'll do it. But I want you to have a new idea of who you are. So I'm going to start by making you born again. The Bible calls it regeneration. I'm going to regenerate you. I'm going to get a new genetic system on the inside of you. Your genetic code is going to be changed. So I've been up here putting in a new code. Do you want an upgrade? Do you want to upgrade that operating system you've got? Yeah, yeah, Lord, what's it do? It removes the bugs. Ah, that is so good. It's going to give you faster performance. Woo! It's going to actually fix a few apps that you got operating that need, need to be modernized. Yes! Do you agree? Yes. That's all he needs. If you say yes, plug it in, download the upgrade, constantly getting updates, upgrades all your life from being in the presence and worshiping before God. And the greatest updates are already in the Scripture. It just gets light on them. You are more than conquerors through Him, and cr- through Christ who loved us. Romans 5.17, we, we, we reign in life by Christ Jesus. I'm trying to figure out when I'm meant to finish. Now? Okay, I'll keep going. Let's put another 20 cents in. I just about run out. I don't know what I've been smoking this afternoon, but it's, it's, you know, actually I didn't smoke anything this afternoon. Just Just in case, you know, yeah. But I get a little crazy by Sunday night. After I've been speaking all weekend or doing something. My whole church comes out on Sunday night because they just love seeing the pastor go goofy. (laughs) Christian amnesia. Forgetting who we are. It's, It's so easy for circumstances to dislodge the coding that God is putting in on the inside of you. That download of who you are and what you have needs to be a constant download because there is always another download, another hacker in the system, malware, viruses, trying to undermine that image you have of yourself. And you will find that whenever God is going to ask you to do something, you do not feel like you're adequate for it. Jeremiah said, I couldn't do what you're asking me to do. I'm only a young person. Do not say I'm a young person. Do not say I'm too young. Conversely, some of you are retirees and you're saying I'm too old. You are not allowed to say I'm too old. 
Some of you have just gotten married. Do not say I'm too married. Some of you just got another mortgage. Do not say I'm too mortgaged. There's no good reason for you to resist surrender to the Lord. But the image that you have on the inside is the way you're going to live your life. That was so good. That was Okay, so, so, I'm going to give you a story. I was going to read a long scripture, but I'm not going to do that. I've given you a scripture, Romans 5.17. And that's the one I'm talking about. Those who, who have got the gift of righteousness in their life will reign in life by Christ Jesus. So this is my point tonight, which I said at the beginning, which I feel God wanted me to say to you as you go to another level. This is kind of a prophetic message because that new level is moving from and I hate saying it like this, but moving from, from trying to get God to do all the stuff that He wants you to do. Some of you, some of you have, are lamenting the loss of the miraculous like it used to be in your life. You are saying the bread is no longer falling from heaven. The water is no longer coming out of the rock. Where have all the miracles gone? It's not a bad sign, people. It's not a sign God has left you. It's a sign that you're going up a level where you're going to fight battles that you win your possessed land, your possession, and you're taking the promised land. On the day that they entered the promised land, the manna stopped. The water stopped flowing. The cloud disappeared. There was no fire at night. Where's all the miracles gone? Isn't God with us anymore? Yes, He is. But now He is in you, not outside of you, so that you can work the miracles. You can possess the land. You can exercise authority. So in the New Testament, there's two words for power. One is dunamis. And that means my power, like energy, I can push, push a car into a rolling getting it rolling a bit. You know, I've got power. I can, I've got force. I've got energy. That's a great thing to have. They were all filled with dynamis, energy, power, physical sort of stopping power, starting power, etc. But here's the thing. Authority is even more powerful than dynamis. As many as received him to them, he gave you the power, the authority, the exousia to become the children of God. Not dynamis. John 1, 12. So if I go out on the main highway here, stand on the highway like this, and there's a big truck coming down, I go, I'll be a grease spot on your main freeway. It can't stop. We're talking a lot about this tonight, aren't we? You know, yeah. All right, so, but if I go put the uniform of a policeman on, I drive up there with lights going, black and blue, and I stand out in the middle of the road like this, that truck will stop. All the brakes come on because I've got the entire authority of the Australian government behind that uniform as I'm standing there. Listen to me. When you stand up in this life with the uniform and the clothing of the Almighty God on you, you say, stop. You have got all the power of heaven backing you up. The entire government and armies and angels of heaven are standing behind you when you say, no longer, so far, no further. I am going to tell you, you got to stop 
There is no way that the devil can resist the authority that you have in the name of Jesus. All authority has been given to Christ in Jesus' name. When you say stop, the devil stops. When you say go, the power of God goes. When you say healing, the power of God brings healing. Amen. Sit down. I just got one more story to go. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. You have God authority. The scripture I was going to read you is in Mark chapter 4. I know you know what's in Mark chapter 4. You know that there's the storm on the lake, don't you? And you know what happens, don't you? That Jesus falls asleep. No, he was asleep. He wasn't just chilling out. Yeah, he was, he was asleep, yeah. It was a reasonable interpretation, but you know. They're in a storm, people. Your family's in a storm. Your finances are in a storm. The nation of Australia's in a storm. COVID storms. God, what's going to happen? It's a storm. God, what are you doing? But he's asleep. They go down the boat and they are drowning. The boat is sinking and he's asleep. God, what is wrong with you? And people get very upset with God when he doesn't do what they want him to do. How could that happen with the election? How could that happen with these fallen ministers? How could this happen, God? What are you up to? Are you asleep? It's hard enough being a Christian without all this other mess going on. He's not looking for your comfort, though. So they wake him up. They got the intercessors group together. Wake up, Jesus. He woke up. He said, oh, the storm. Stop. The storm stopped. Be quiet. To the waves and the wind. And then he turns around and he says to them, why did you wake me up? You could have done this. And you should have done this. I go to sleep so that you wake up. I want you to understand who you are. Why are you always running to me? Why are you always running to me when you are my child? You can be like me in the earth. Joseph is 16 years old, has a dream, sees himself like a king. It changes him completely. Joseph would wander around the farm like this. His brothers didn't like him. He was his father's favorite, but that didn't help him much. But then one day, he saw a dream, and all of his brothers were bowing down to him. And his mother and father were bowing down to him. And it made him stand up a little. Because he saw himself like a king. He started to walk slower, with kind of royalty. More deliberate. That just made everybody hate him a whole lot more. But he kind of glowed. Because he saw himself the way God saw him in the future. 
If you see yourself in 10 years from now, you'll start behaving differently today. And the way that you behave today will take you on the pathway that leads you to the fulfillment of that vision. If you see the end from the beginning, which is the way God does stuff, it actually changes you. So Joseph is walking around like this, and his father makes him a multicolored coat. Well, he could have said, well, I can't wear that. My brothers will just completely hate me. Or else he could have said, Father, thank you for honoring me. Imagine making your son a whole multicolored coat. He takes his thanks, Dad, puts it in the wardrobe, walks around without it. There's no honor to God in that, but he would rather honor his father than keep favor with his brothers. So he puts it on. So now he's walking around with us and they hate him so much. And he tells everybody his dream. And they say, yeah, let's kill this dreamer. As is the, the want of most negative people. Anybody's got a dream as a threat. He's got a future. He's going somewhere. Let's kill him. So they, they threaten to kill him, but anyway, they just put him down a pit and he gets sold as a slave. They sell him as a slave. So he's put in shackles. He's putting shackles and chains around his ankles. And off they go. And all these, these to-be-sold people as slaves are hobbling along through the desert in the wilderness. But not Joseph. He's a king. He might be in chains, but he's walking differently. He sees himself totally differently. He's not bowed over, shackled and chained in his mind. He's free in his mind, sitting on a throne. He gets to the block. Standing on the block, they're selling him. How much will I have for this person? Three dollars. Sandy. Joseph stands on the block. How much will I have for this man? He's standing like a king. Potiphar, the richest man in town, sees him. He says, I'll pay a hundred dollars for him. So Joseph walks away like a king into the house of Potiphar. The blessing of God flows through him, through the whole household. He has everything he wants, except the wife of Potiphar, and she wants him. So she concocts a story where she says, he tried to rape me. It's not true, but everybody is going to believe the owner's wife. So they throw him into prison. You would think at that point, the dream is so disappointed inside the heart of this man. He says, where are you, God? I give up. I can't do this anymore. Twice. I've tried to see the vision of the past, but here I just, just keep bad things keep happening to me. But in the prison, he's not walking around like a prisoner. He's walking around those corridors like a king. Like royalty. He's just got to look about him. Because that image that he has on the inside has manifested on the outside before it's a reality in his future. But he's living in that reality today, and that will guarantee that he's going to actually manifest in his future. So he's living like that in the prison, and blessing comes through his hand on everything in the prison. So the warden makes him the chief warden over the entire prison. He's a prisoner, and he's guarding all the prisoners. And he interprets dreams. Part of his unselfish heart is to interpret the dreams of other people. But that is the route to having your own dreams come to pass. If you're running around trying to get everybody else to fulfill your dreams, you're missing the point. 
run around trying to help everybody else fulfill their dreams, and you'll find your dreams do come to pass. So finally, finally, the king of Egypt says, I've had a dream and nobody can understand it. But then they remember that kid in the, the prison, Joseph, he interprets dreams. He said, Joseph, come up here. He shaves. Hebrews don't normally do that, but he wanted to be relevant to the Egyptian world to bring a message from God. So he shaves and he gets himself looking right. And he walks into that courtroom. Immediately, everybody stands back. They can see there's something about this person. Those who have received Jesus Christ shall reign in life as kings. Every single one of us have been brought into the kingdom to rule in this life. We rule by the image in our mind and the words of our mouth. What you are saying has even more power than just ordinary conversation. You underestimate the power that is on the inside of you. Tonight, I wanted to speak to every single one of us to be empowered with the gift of righteousness that helps us reign in life. It doesn't matter what circumstance you're facing right now. It will seem unusual to do it, but when you are praying, speak to it. Don't ask God to come and change that person and to fix that situation. Start prophesying in your prayer time. Say, this is going to change. The devil is bound. That person is going to forgive. This person is going to come right. My families are going to come to church. My children are going to live for God. We're going to see an abundance of finances come into the house of God. We're going to see healing come into my family. There is no weapon formed against me that will prosper. Now, that doesn't say that the weapons won't come. Don't think I'm preaching here that no problems are going to come your way. They will. But they will keep coming and it will remain and get worse when God is saying, I want you to wake up. And I want you to deal with that problem. I know you're asking me to deal with it, and I haven't done it. I'd like you to do something. I'd like you to accept tonight the responsibility for bringing miracles into your world, into your family, into your house, into your home, into your church, into every part of your world. And don't be saying, I'm too young for that. You're not. Don't be saying, I'm too old for that. You're not. The only thing you are is too timid. And God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So you have power, authority in your life tonight. What a tragedy to get to heaven and think that you had that all the time and you never used it. There was a man who saved up his money for a trip from London to New York on the Great Cruiser. This is about 100 years ago. Spent his money on the ticket, got it. Every night, he'd peer in through the window at the whole ship's crew and all the passengers eating together, people at the captain's table eating their food. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I wish I could do it, but I've got my crackers and my cheese that I saved. And he just ate that for the two-week journey. When he's getting off the boat, 
The captain said, oh, such a shame we never saw you in the dining room. He says, oh, I couldn't afford it. I just, just had enough for the ticket. He said, son, all the meals were included in the price of the ticket. You could have been there all the time. People, it's all included in the price of the ticket. Your whole salvation includes authority. You've got it here tonight. It's not coming. You've got it right now. You're a child of God. You've received salvation. You've received healing. I want you to stand up right now. And I want you to discover power in your life in this place. Now, I'm not sure if we are able to hold an altar call. Uh, but if you can do it in a COVID safe way, just a little gap between you and the next person. Don't be coughing or breathing over people, I guess. But you can come forward and say, I am putting my life on the altar tonight to get an understanding and a revelation and an impartation of the power of God. If you're saying, that's me, I'm wanting to be in that crowd of people who are part of the army, come and stand out here right now and say, tonight I want that impartation of the power of the Holy Ghost and of the fire and the anointing of the living God. Jesus, we praise you. Oh God, we bless you. Father, we magnify and we glorify your holy name. Oh Jesus. If you've never spoken in tongues, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to take it right now. Just begin speaking in tongues and the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. If you've never had that, I'm praying that it comes on you tonight. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Sheki pata sikela patai. Tikele tikare tisilere baratai. Father, the power and the anointing, the upgrade, the update. Lord Jesus, your spirit pours down on every life here tonight. Healing and miracles. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, pour down your grace, your power over our lives all over this place. I know it right now. You're switching on your faith. You're believing that you can speak to your circumstance. Whatever your miracle need is, I want you to trigger it tonight. I want you to trigger the release of a miraculous power of God yourself and speak to your family. Say, my son will be in the house of God. See them in the church, hands lifted, following Jesus, living for Christ. See it tonight, speak it. See it and speak it. See yourself. If you're a business person, see your business deals going through. See your business expanding. You've got one shop, see another one, then another one. And say, I will expand. My income will increase. God will guide me. I will be seeing great blessing on my life. Even if you're in an oppressed situation today, see yourself healthy. There's a person here tonight and you see 
suicide in your life. I know that right now, that's going to change. But I want you to change your brain. I want you to say, I'm living long and a healthy life. I am not depressed. I'm joyful. I love life. And I love my days. Start to speak that to yourself. Instead of saying, I hate my life. I hate my life. Stop saying that. Say, I love my life. I'm blessed with my life. The power of God is on my life. The Spirit of the Lord is in me. There's a person here who feels very lifeless, very de-energized. I want you to say, I'm full of life. Stop saying I'm weak and tired. Stop saying I'm fatigued. It may take a week, it may take a year, but maintain a prophecy about yourself, a declaration about your health that is in the positive and eventually your body will conform. Your body will go the way of your words. Your circumstances will go the way of your words. If you can run a connect group, don't say my connect group is boring. Say my connect group is the most exciting connect group in the world. Say I am an exciting person. I am filled with the spirit. I am healed. I have life. I am wise, I am smart. I confess every area that I need to be over my life every day. I am wise with the wisdom of Christ. I have the mind of Jesus. I'm thinking the thoughts of God. We're doing a lot of reconstruction here tonight. This is a lot of recoding, of downloading updates. In Jesus' name, Father. I'm only going to do this for about another two minutes and then we're done. So I want you to enter in. If you haven't done all this so far, I want you to step right into that zone of getting a hold of what God has got for you. Digale barata, takele kaparata. To rita si kalabarata. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Lord God, we praise you. Lord God, we praise you. Lord God, we praise you. Oh Lord God, we praise you. Shekelabarana. Stop worrying about a thing. Start speaking to it. Stop worrying about your future. Start speaking to it. So be worried about your money and your retirement fund. Speak into it. Say, I got enough. I'm going to be blessed. You say, where's it going to come from? That's faith. It's going to come. Somehow, you speak it, it'll come. Stay in that place. Stay in the place of faith, and that's where the power of God will meet you. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So, glory to God. so powerful. You guys are so open and hungry for God. It's incredible. What a church. Amazing. The future potential of this place is unbelievable out of this world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just before I step off the stage, hand this mic back to our pastor. If we can all just close our eyes for a couple seconds. If any of you have never asked Jesus to come into your life, in a couple of moments, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. 
and then I'll pray for you. Maybe you have been away from God and you need to come back. I want you to come back tonight. And I want you also to raise your hand when I ask. If there's anybody who's not sure you're going to heaven, if I said, are you going to heaven? What would you answer me? Yeah, I am. Or I hope so. I think so. I'm a good person. That's great that you're a good person, but that is not how we get to heaven. Jesus has fixed it all for us. There's nothing we can do that is enough to warrant our entrance into heaven. So right now, if that's you, you're not sure you're going to heaven or you're coming back to Christ or you've never prayed this prayer, right now, put your hand in the air. Say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Just raise it high. Put it up quick. I'm not going to take long, and then I'll be done. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? So to finish this night, I'm going to do the most wonderful thing we can possibly do, and that's lead people to Jesus. So if you could say these words to God after me, everybody, to help our friends, especially those people who raise their hand, make sure you raise your hand and you pray this prayer right now. Say these words, dear God in heaven, I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord put the peace of God in those hearts that have reached out to you for the first or the second time or just wanting to make sure. Let the assurance of salvation live in every heart in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering.